When they talk about what makes the ingredients of such an incredible learning environment, especially like an active learning environment, is psychological safety, where people can feel comfortable challenging ideas in a really constructive way. And that happens from the top down. Welcome back to the Clinical Athlete Podcast. If you're not familiar with Clinical Athlete, we're a network of healthcare providers, students and coaches who specialize in the management of athletes. We have two missions. The first mission is to connect athletes with professionals who they can trust. And our second mission is to create a community and foster the education of those professionals and future professionals in the realm of athlete health and performance. This podcast is one way that we fulfill those missions, and if you're one of our six listeners who enjoy the show, do us a favor and give it a rating on your favorite podcast platform so that we can get this information out to as many people as possible. In fact, pause this right now, scroll down to your uh, app, and hit that five star, maybe even give us a nice little uh, sentence, a nice little compliment, and boom, your duty to Clinical Athlete is fulfilled. To learn more about Clinical Athlete, head on over to the website, clinicalathlete.com. And a big announcement, we have officially opened registration to the 2021 Kalu Virtual Summit happening September 10th through the 12th. Link in the show notes. My name is Quinn Hennig. I'm a doctor of physical therapy in Orange County, California at Clinical Athlete Newport. On this show, we are joined by Steph Allen and Zach Gabor of the Level Up Initiative and who are my partners in crime heading up the Kalu community. And the three of us go hard into why we so strongly believe in the Kalu Summit mission, what this year's 2021 summit has in store for all of you. We're so excited for this year's lineup of speakers and topics. We know it's going to be even better than last year. It's also a blast just to riff with Zach and Steph about what goes behind the scenes in terms of making things like this happen. So we hope you enjoy the show. So we're in a time machine, um, and we're, we've been we've been taken back to uh, September of 2020, post post Kalu Summit, the first ever, the first ever, Ste- which was an absolute shit show. Getting to that point, <laughs> yeah. So like the actual time that we're in now, April, this time last year in 2020, we were having some some crises on our hands, which we, I think we outlined, uh, in a podcast from last year, but all that to say the summit was a huge success, I think. Yeah. I, um, I remember kind of just like, not only the, just being super nervous leading up to it. Uh, cause I think I was still a little bit skeptical about like how Epic can an actual virtual learning weekend be, um, but as soon as we got kicked off until the very closing minutes, I was just blown away by just the energy, um, the engagement, the content. It was just kind of indescribable. And I remember sort of just sitting there for a couple of days like, holy shit. And as we were reading through the surveys, just, uh, yeah, I mean, as we outlined even about why we decided to kind of merge with Kalu, it was just the proof of concept of this weekend being so fun. Yeah, we were so focused on just pulling it off. And not only did that happen, but we actually had a really good time and <laughs> and learned some stuff. 
Yeah, so it was it was definitely okay, this this works. This is a thing that we're going to do like we had hoped. Um now, you know, deciding what to do for this coming year, 2021, do we keep it in person? Do we keep it online? I think we all just felt like even though things are normalizing from, you know, the world standpoint, there's still a whole lot of uncertainty and just not wanting to have to navigate, um, you know, a bunch of stuff. The the online last year was such a success. Um, We we figured we would just do that for at least one more year and, and just so that we could move forward, charge ahead, you know, full steam ahead on it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the right move to do just because, again, like we probably could have pulled something off, but I don't know. It's just still we don't know what the fall is going to be like, and I don't know that I was fully recovered from (laughs) the shitstorm of trying to navigate building out an in-person and then pivoting it to online. Um, and, And not only that, but the feedback was so overwhelmingly positive about people that were like, honestly... Virtual might might honestly be better and be preferred, and there's you know we'll kind of talk about some of the reasons people gave, but yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me before last year's summit, I probably would have been like, how can we possibly make this in person the following year? But afterwards, with how successful and fun it was, I was like sold on all right, let's let's go out with a bang one more year, fully virtual, because um, it was super fun and I think just way more accessible for people. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about what we, like from a structure standpoint, I think what we did was really cool. It was, we had the, like two pairs of speakers, one kind of tackling the the communication side of things and one tackling the exercise prescription. Um, And I think that worked really well. There's always going to be some overlap with these types of topics, like communication, certain communication skills kind of like are universal across the board, regardless of, you know, what type of diagnosis you're talking about. But people seem to really like that. And we wanted to keep that, um, but we wanted to also, it's a little different this year from a, like a, like a, a topic content standpoint. Right. So last year, last year we were doing on kind of like, um, different sort of orthopedic presentation. So one of the days was around low back pain. One of the days was around tendinopathy and one of the days was around ACL rehab. And like you said, Quinn, it was kind of that embodiment of level up in clinical athlete where we're really honing in on excellence around communication, um, you know, exercise, knowledge, prescription. Um, and with that beautiful sort of interweaving of critical thinking, um, throughout it, along with all the other values and it was really fun um but obviously this year wanting to to do things a little bit differently um just so it's obviously not the same thing um but i do think just speaking to the like the success of that structure I, i think that was i think that was one of the things that made the summit weekend so unique was that it was almost like i think sometimes when you go to these summits it's sort of like a smattering of random topics where that can be great but it's this sort of very random you're being lectured at most of the time which again has its place but the way that we had it structured was so intentional about really building on and delivering key themes throughout the weekend. So even though each day was communication and EXRX, you're seeing it in different lenses, which again, like we talk about this theme, which we're doing this year, but it's like, how can we use analogs as a way to drive home really deep learning? And so 
we're able to use three totally different topics, but you're able to see consistent themes you know, presented in each one. And I think that's just a really powerful way to enhance and enrich a really meaningful learning experience. Um, and that's just one of the ways, right? And before we even dive into this year's topics, you know, some of the other things, Steph, you could probably speak to even just like the scaffolding of the weekend, how we have the days structured um, as a way to also kind of really drive home a great learning experience. Yeah, part of what we had in mind the first time and what ended up playing out pretty successfully was we wanted to make sure people had time to also do some of the stuff that they want to or need to during the weekend because since everything had pivoted a lot that year to being online, people were really getting used to spending you know, two to three days at a time sitting at their computer. And we all know that's not necessarily ideal, although we do it because it's information that we want to receive and learn. So the way we had it structured was two sessions a day, except for that first day, that were split in the middle by, I think it was about an hour for for lunch. And it also wasn't the entire day. So regardless of time zones or, or things like that, people also, and, and that was some of the feedback that was really cool to get as well, that people felt like they could still you know, something like get their meal prep done or be able to go somewhere with the dog or their family or something like that or study for for students um, and still participate and have a good time and learn. So that was, I think, super rewarding because that was one of our intents, but you still don't 100% know how it's going to go until you actually get there and give it a shot. Yeah, we we've all been to, um, like online courses and things like that, where it's just like, if it's live, it's like all day. And then if it's, if it's not live, you know, sometimes you don't even get around to it. I, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say there's probably a couple online courses on my computer right now that I, <laughs> for who knows mm-hmm. how long, but like, so if we're going to do this live, man, I, I thought the feedback that we got was, was really, really encouraging that people felt like they still had some freedom, like you said, that just kind of like get their things in order and didn't feel they weren't burnt out by the end. Like a lot of times when uh, on a, at a course, even if it's in person, you're like, oh my goodness. And then you start yep. thinking that you just want to get home. It's like Sunday, you get home at like Sunday at 6 p.m. and you're like, oh my goodness, I haven't done anything for the week. And I got to, you know, I got to be at work tomorrow morning. But it seemed like people were just clamoring for more as opposed to it kind of tailing off. And the, and that has, probably has a lot to do with just our community and how amazing it is. But you just got that feeling that it was just energized the whole time, which is yeah. awesome. And John, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're bringing back John to MC, which he killed it. But yeah, I mean, speaking to the structure for those that weren't there, we're we're keeping a similar structure, but we're taking feedback from last year to slightly tweak it. So last year, what we did was about a thirty to thirty-five minute lecture from the awesome, awesome rock star presenters. Um, And then that was followed by a case study prompt, which was then followed by a seamless transition into breakout rooms, which Remo does so well. Um, and then back to summarize, synthesize key takeaways from the, from in a Q and a fashion from that case study, case study two prompts presented, re breakout, 
for about 15 minute group discussion and then back into uh, the group for all together for one final Q&A. And I think it was that sort of like it was able to keep things flowing the entire time. And just the caliber of people we have, the the uh, critical thinking prompts and the group discussions were awesome. <laughs> Getting to bump around the tables was so cool. But that sequencing of it really, I think, was helpful in making it engaging. Plus, it's only four hours a day with a break in between. So like Steph said, you're able to get shit done around the day. And if people are like me and Steph who are psychos about like getting ahead for next week – um, that was an amazing part of it. Like we hosted a virtual summit. And we were still able to get things done, um, over the weekend. But so for this year, what we're doing is we're just slightly based on feedback. We're going to lengthen that initial lecture. So that's going to be 40 minutes now. Um, and then we're going to be keeping the group, uh, discussions at 15 minutes a pop. Um, but it's still going to be roughly two hours for the session. So it'll keep things flowing, keep things moving. And uh, I think that'll be awesome. And that just reminded me of another topic of why, because like one of the things I wanted to talk about just before we reveal this year's speakers and the schedule and all of that stuff and our sponsors, um, I think one of the elements that makes this special, it's recency bias because I just finished Think Again by Adam Grant. But when they talk about what makes the ingredients of such an incredible learning environment, especially like an active learning environment, is psychological safety um and for where a place can feel uh, people can feel comfortable challenging ideas um in a really constructive way and that happens from the top down so that happens when leaders are role modeling that intellectual humility and making it a safe space for people and so obviously our communities embody that that's a big reason why level up and clinical athlete got together in the first place but our speakers embody that so we are bringing in some of the most incredible speakers who are extremely knowledgeable but also extremely humble and they role model that so well that i think that's part of what made the summit so special and is what's going to make it so special again this year it's just the caliber of speakers really embody those values of like passion and excellence and knowledge with their respective areas, but balance so beautifully with that humility that makes it like relatable and it, it makes it a safe space for everyone to be like, oh shit, okay, like <laughs> we're all wading through this together. Um, I think that's one of those things that is like, it's an unspoken thing that adds to the culture of the event and what makes it so fun, in my opinion. Yeah, you go from kind of assuming that the presenters are like the knowers and the learners are there to just sit and, and, you know, absorb, absorb the information from the top down. But like, to your point, when it becomes clear that the, the knowers are actually learners themselves and everybody's just kind of in the same boat. Um, it just, you're right. It's just like that safe environment. It just opens up the floodgates for community and, and excitement and, and passion. Um, and engagement, because if you don't feel safe, that's a that's a really good way to also just disengage, um, and it just kind of feeds into itself that way. So I'm super excited about our about our speakers this year as well. Yeah, and and I think that's just sort of the last last piece here while we're touching on just sort of the learning environment because that really again like for me getting to be a part of it and observe it I thought was really one of those things that's it's sort of intangible but I think one of the most powerful reasons to attend and be a part of this is because of it. And I think a big piece of that is our very intentional two-way reflective type of learning that we promote where it is not this 
weekend where you're getting lectured at, but rather getting this amazing knowledge, but now you're being kind of constrained into these groups where you're having open discussion about it. You're challenging each other's ideas um, and everyone's, everyone's views are welcomed. And again, like it's just that really drives home deep learning when you're in those environments. Plus we talk about making communication as one of the topics. Like you get better at communicating by communicating in uncomfortable situations. So getting into a group of five other random people um, is a great opportunity to practice your communication on the spot and get out of your comfort zone with just, again, like an epic group of people that hopefully make everyone feel welcomed and safe to contribute um, and be involved. Well, that is a good constraint, no? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, for... I would say for someone like myself at a in-person large, medium or large conference, I wouldn't necessarily, it's not necessarily in my nature to latch into a group of people having a discussion, um, especially someone who I know was a speaker at said event. So here it's not only just part of the norm because that's the way the event is structured, but it's everybody at your table, which you can switch, is your peer, including potentially the speaker, yeah. which is also not anything I've ever experienced. But again, through some of the feedback as well, made me realize for someone like myself, who's probably more on the introverted end of the spectrum. Okay. I see you're smiling, maybe a little bit more <laughs> um, on towards that end of the spectrum. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be in those situations, even though I might want to. I wouldn't necessarily make myself. So it's kind of a little bit of a perk there too for all you introverts out there. Well, and not only that, but that was some of the feedback that we got was from right. some of the quote unquote introverts. They were like, not only not only the um, engaging in discussion for like the critical thinking prompts, but physically like, or virtually <laughs> meeting people, like going out and networking and meeting people like it's it's uncomfortable at an in-person summit to just go, you know, barge into a random group of five people and be like, hey, what's going on? So this is a great way where you're getting randomized into different groups and it's a phenomenal way to meet people that you most likely probably wouldn't have had that level of conversation with if it were in person. So I think that was also one of the huge perks of doing it virtually. And on that note, I think if I remember correctly, the last sort of things we got about the benefits of doing it virtually were just the uh, affordability and accessibility, like not having to pay for airfare or lodging. Um, Obviously, in-person is sick. And when we do our first one in person in 2022, it's going to be incredible, but it's obviously way more accessible um, doing it virtually. So it's it was just so fun. Like we had people there from India, all across the country. Um, it was so cool. It was really cool. And we engage like the back to the structure too. When like, like for the introverts, um, if you engage quicker, you're more likely to engage for the rest of the weekend. And I thought that's why I liked our structure so much because it those breakout rooms come fast. Like it's a little bit of lecture, but then you're right into it. And so even at an in-person, if you're just sitting there for hours, the more you're quiet, the longer you're quiet and silent and just kind of chilling, the, the more apt you are to stay that way for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so I just really like it. And the online 
Yeah, it kind of forces that hand because we press a button and you go into a breakout room. <laughs> you rip not, the you don't get off to, for you. Yeah, you don't get to hide in the in like the bathroom uh, during the breaks of the in person. You know, <laughs> um, so I, I think I think we nailed that, and I think um, the feedback that we got to just make these little tweaks, like longer, slightly longer initial lecture, makes total sense. I've never gotten so much constructive feedback from a from an event. I mean, it was amazing what we got, not, not just from people who said like they loved it, but also how we can make it better. And the changes that we made are like directly related to that. And, and we'll, you know, we'll do that again for this year, but, um, just super excited. Yeah. Super thoughtful feedback. Should we, uh, should we dive into, uh, this, this year's theme speakers, all that good stuff? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Yeah. So want to leave that off. Yeah, I mean, because we were brainstorming and we were like, okay, uh, how do we, like, we don't want to do the same thing. So, like, how do we pick something relevant, meaningful, engaging? Um, And so we had the idea this year, instead of doing, like, the kind of different orthopedic presentations per se, we actually shifted it to populations. So each day is going to be focusing on a specific population and it's still going to have that sort of like exercise communication constraint, which again, like these things are very much interwoven. And that's the cool part is that the speakers kind of work on that together. So that consistent themes are driven home throughout the weekend. Um, but again, the other cool thing is for, yeah, and this is sort of a little bit of a spoiler alert, but it's like, I remember one of the biggest mentors and influential people on in my career is Chris Johnson. And he's like the running guy. But to be honest with you, that is kind of a uh, it kind of is a disservice to that because like it really influences my whole rehab approach. So even though it might I might learn a lot from this specific population, the lessons learned truly transcend that population. So if you hear these populations that we're about to talk about, and you're like, oh, well, I don't really treat that. I would just I would I would encourage you to consider you know, just the, the overall lessons learned. Cause that's really one of the big themes or what are the big hitters that you're getting by attending this? So, um, day one, I know we have our keynote, um, which will hopefully be Quinn. You could talk about him a little bit, but hopefully, um, the president elect of the AASPT, Eric Mayura. Um, but yeah, I know you guys go back we kind of, he was part of one of the original people that sort of influenced me for better or worse, <laughs> corrupted me. But I'm so proud and pumped um, to have him involved and, and kicking us off. Yeah. Uh, Eric, the science PT, if, if people have ever listened to the podcast PT Inquest or have really just been involved in the sports PT landscape from a, from a professional organization standpoint within the APTA and the Sports Academy You've probably at minimum heard of of Eric because he's he's done so much work for the profession. But I mean, personally for me, PT Inquest was the first the first medium that I really used to branch away from what I was just only what I was learning in PT school. So it, it was the thing that got me thinking. Oh, there's like thinking there's a way to actually critically think about these things. And then just instead of taking everything at face value and the PT inquest podcast and the PT podcast back then was literally what that was for me. Um, it was transformative 
to say the least. And it was just a, it was a podcast, but it was Eric's and, and, uh, 2012, you know, second year PT student. Um, and so I can't even measure, I don't know if I honestly don't know if I'd be on this podcast with you guys right now, if it, if it wasn't for Eric. Um, and I didn't actually ever speak to Eric until like a year and a half ago. And so, and that's how, that's how powerful his influence has been for me. And I'm, and I know that, that others have been influenced uh, by him in that way as well. So I'm, I'm really grateful and humbled that he's, it's kind of surreal, you know, that well, he would be the one. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about role modeling. I mean, this again, recency, cause Steph and I were chatting with him on Friday night, but he's like, you know, in terms of like learning and teaching philosophy, he's like, I can't teach you anything. Like I can present you with knowledge and lines of reasoning that will facilitate thinking on your end that might lead to your own epiphanies. But like he very much is the embodiment of like, this is not this like, you know, traditional sort of uh, hierarchy where like, I am the teacher, you are the student, what I says go like, he's really such an embodiment of that humility. And probably one of the most, you know, annoyingly good thinkers that really challenge you. But yeah, so to have him kicking off the event, um, also, I know we're biased, but also just hilarious um, in a very dry, nerdy way. But uh, I know that will be a really great 30 minutes to kick off the weekend and bringing home, I think the name, the name of his keynote is... Um, what can Socrates teach us about physical therapy in true in true Eric fashion? So um, that's going to be on Friday at three thirty, and that's going to be awesome. And then that leads right into so Friday comes in hot three thirty. We have Eric kicking things off, and then our first population that we're going to be covering is endurance rehab. Um, you know, I think part of the reason why we went with that was just because I think a lot of people in outpatient orthopedics, one way or the other, end up working with individuals who are either recreational runners, want to get into it, working with competitive runners. But especially given the inactivity crisis, I think having professionals that are a little bit better equipped with their, you know, understanding with that population probably is going to be a helpful thing. So we have Ellie Somers kicking off. Um, Steph, do you want to talk a little bit about Ellie and how we first linked up with her, our background, why we're pumped to have her on? Yeah, I mean, I first also wanted to jump in and say how grateful slash kind of uh, feeling that surrealness that you were talking about, Quinn, too, of, of having Eric even as a keynote, because aside from effectively changing how I think in a lot of what I do in clinic, how I learn both from him and Scott Morrison probably, but very instrumental in the changes in the right direction, hopefully that I've made just working with individuals after ACL injury in the last couple of years, like huge, like I'm doing things very, very differently than what I did a couple of years ago. And that's kind of, kind of what we want, kind of what we strive for is to, is for last year to look different than what this year does and, and so on. So just my little plug there, but yeah, I mean, I'm extremely pumped because you talk about analogs like Zach was mentioning before and the endurance population has so many for other diagnoses. And I can't honestly think of two better people to really explain slash take us through that journey and, and help us learn about that particular population than Ellie and Chris. Um, we got to know Ellie a few, 
what was it three or more years ago, Zach? Uh, I believe it was around when Level Up. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was about it was about three years ago because she was one of our first mentors. Right, she was she was one of the the OG mentors, um, and it's just been really cool to see her and Sisu grow and all the really just the positive education and and information specifically for females and female runners. But again, I, she's the first name I would think of for anything along these lines. Um, and it's been really cool to continue to get to know her and now call her not just a mentor and colleague, but a friend and Chris Johnson. I mean, I, I will let you go a little deeper into Chris, but he was unknowingly uh, one of Zach and I, both of ours, our first mentors. Um, so to have him speaking as well as again in that under that umbrella of surreal. Yeah, and you just actually just reminded me of a good point, Steph, because I think another piece of this conference or this summit, rather, sorry, that is so powerful is that this isn't just a summit that's like, oh, I'm trying to you know learn a couple of things. It's like it really is like our, I mean, our tagline, right? It's like evidence and forum coming together, changing the game. Like we are trying to change the game. And, and, and you just remind me that because Ellie embodies that. Like Ellie is someone we've always connected with because she's fiercely dedicated to really changing and elevating the standard of healthcare. And Doing that's better. Where- yeah, and and that's the type of people that we want at this summit is not just people that are like, oh yeah, um, you know, are there CEUs for this? Like, it's really for people that are trying to truly improve the standards of healthcare, and that's one of the unifying goals of the summit. And that's what's so engaging and energizing about it is you're surrounded by people who all share that passion. So Ellie kicking things off on the communication consideration side of things with the endurance population, I know is going to be phenomenal. Um, and then Chris Johnson, um, yeah, one of the OG uh, godfathers of Level Up. We would not be here without him. He was a big person that kind of steered me. I was like at that inflection point in my new grad career where I was like, about to be super seduced into the sort of just classic traditional sort of route. Um, Chris really uh, brought some things to light for me um, and is really someone who I think also embodies that excellence of not just communication skills, which he is super smooth with, but his EXRX, his, his exercise knowledge, his exercise understanding is superb. And that's really almost again, like that's like what we're trying to get out of this weekend is we're trying to create practitioners that have this, that are striving for this excellence across exercise and communication. And so Chris finishing that Friday night with the exercise lecture, I know. And for any of you who haven't seen his lectures, they are sick. He is a, he is a master presenter. Um, so I know uh, his quote unquote, I'm going to pull the rug out <laughs> for your audience. I'm going to pull the rug out from underneath them. So I have zero doubts that he's going to um, fail to deliver on that. So I'm um, selfishly extremely excited for Friday. And I think that's really going to set the tone for the weekend. Yeah, I don't know if there's two people that are better suited to keep kind of like the perspective of the human element with also having the knowledge for the for the nuts and bolts of things too and like and then right. and then mixing those things together into something that's actionable for for people. And you know, at the end of those two presentations, I will have probably like increased my endurance uh sport knowledge by tenfold. So I'm I'm super excited per, from a personal standpoint. Yeah, uh, I think it's that's a that's a great that's a great tandem to start the event off with. 
Hey guys, Quinn Hennick here. Here is your brain break from our awesome conversation with Steph and Zach. Obviously, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet for the 2021 Calu Summit, get on that. The link is in the show notes. Our lowest prices are going fast. We promise you're going to have a serious case of FOMO if you do not join in on the fun. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, so last year it was uh, Jason, Yor, and, and Jared Boyd kicked us off, and they set the tone for the weekend. It was a super fun Friday night, and I know that they will do the same. So that's going to be a dope way to start. And then that brings us into day two. Um, so we end around 9 Friday night. Now it's day two, which starts around 11 a.m., and so our second population that we will be focusing on is um, barbell rehab. So obviously, this is a huge component of a, a lot of the providers within our communities, uh, especially clinical athlete, <laughs> is very barbell centric. Um, but again, talking about the inactivity crisis, not that we need to be focusing and forcing barbell on everyone, but having a deeper knowledge base and understanding of that is so important. And I think it's something that we can be better advocating for to our our patients um, and our communities that we're working with. But it's also one of those things that um, we hear time and time again, students feel underprepared with from their own um, schooling. Obviously, some programs probably do a phenomenal job, but um, that would be the exception. You know, majority of programs you know, are what we're hearing feedback-wise is that students are wanting more. Um, so that was part of the reason why we went with that. We also happen to know someone um, that we thought would really be a phenomenal speaker. I mean, this is the Kalu Summit, so we feel like every year, like we love shining the light on others, but we'd like to have at least someone from our sort of organization involved. And so we were very lucky enough to get Quinn Hennock to agree uh, to present for us. So he's actually in the afternoon, but Quinn is going to be uh, taking the reins on the exercise side of things with um, barbell rehab. And so again, selfishly, Quinn is one of the people that really shifted my sort of approach and mind, uh, learning from him, you know, back as er, er, early clinical athlete days, 2015, 2016, attending his seminars, um, and continue to this day, uh, really excited Quinn selfishly to have you leading this session. Oh, well, uh, this is the first I've heard of it. So I guess I have to accept <laughs> on the air. No. <laughs> We planned no, it that way. Yeah. Uh, no, I am, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm humbled that you guys um, would want me in that slot. I, I think it's the – yeah, I'm just super excited. I, I think that, um, like you said, Zach, you might see like barbell sports. It's like, oh, I don't work with that population. But, I mean, when you really whittle it down, we're going to be talking about things that are pretty universal to just right. resistance training. You know, and, yep. and so like whatever the implement that you that you happen to use, I like barbells. Barbells are cool, but I, I, I'm hoping that I can um, get across the ideas that these things are can be applied to a myriad of, of populations um, to be meaningful activities. You know, for them, if it's if it's the sport itself, like for a barbell sport athlete, the, the practice is kind of the the sport. Or if it's for somebody else, then this is kind of a means to help them do their meaningful activities better. Uh, right. And then that becomes a meaningful activity because of that. But um, super excited. I'm super excited to, uh, to also kind of be in tandem with uh, another awesome, awesome presenter. 
Yeah. So, um, I, it was funny. I was, we were brainstorming and I was reading her book and I was like, Oh shit. I was like, this would be perfect. Um, so we have been lucky over the past year, especially to get to build a little bit more of a relationship with, um, Steffi Cohen and my good friend, Ian Kaplan from hybrid. It's one of those things where I think there's like a few years ago, I think there's one of these things where there's, there's this automatic, um, like I, I don't know if it's a bias or a fallacy or what you would call it, but you see a massive platform and you automatically assume that like, okay, like, can they really be pushing out, you know, high quality stuff with integrity and talking with Ian, talking with Steffi, I, I mean, they are, they're dedicated and live that epistemically responsible life and they're on a mission. <laughs> they're on a fucking mission to shift the healthcare landscape and the fitness landscape for the better, calling out bullshit. I mean, Steffi was on the Tim Ferriss show advocating for the BPS model, which was pretty damn cool, but they sponsored Level Up and her talk with our group was so good. And so she's handling the communication side, which I'm really excited about because Steffi, if you don't know, is one of the strongest pound for pound females in the world. Um, and she also has had her own unique experience with low back pain and has also been flagrantly nocebo left and right th throughout her journey. So we talk a lot about this lived experience. Well, it's going to be really cool because we, we not only have someone who's extremely well-read in this field, but she's been through it herself. And so I'm really excited for her to deliver this session around the communication considerations when we're working with barbell athletes and pain and how we can, you know, be better with our language and, and more intentional about it and learn from some of her own lessons. I know that again, this day is going to be super fun. She's super passionate. So like listening to her speak gets you kind of fired up. Like I remember Steph Allen, when we had her for sponsoring the level up live call, I remember leaving that call being like, holy shit, <laughs> I was, I was super fired up. Um, so that was also part of the reason why we we're like, okay, yeah, no, like this, this makes sense. Um, not only having the knowledge base, but also also the lived experience of going through persistent low back pain, I think makes for a really compelling speaker. Agreed. So yeah. So that, so that's day two, um, the barbell life. And then that takes us to day three. So day three is the exception to the rule from last year. Cause we're bringing it back. We're bringing back ACL rehab because I don't know, Steph, Steph I feel like I don't know anyone who's that, you know, dedicated or passionate about things that need to change in the ACL landscape. Um, just kidding. I live with her. It's Steph Allen. Um, but anyway, I was just going to say, don't get my heart rate up. Right. Um, it's, it's one of those things where there's obviously still a lot of work to be done, but really I think ACL rehab is also a great Trojan horse for just talking about rehab considerations, probably more focal to the knee, but also again, this human experience, right? So we're bringing in all of these different um, sides of it. But I'm super excited. The speakers we have for this day is honestly, I don't know. I don't know which day is my favorite because this day three for ACL rehab is going to be nuts. I knew that uh, one of the people we had on our list that we were like, you know, we wanted to have him at the first one, but uh, we weren't going <laughs> to, the flight from the flight from California at the time was going to be a bit much, but Derek Miles. So I mean, Quinn, you can speak to this, but you know, Derek is one of those people that was one of the 
first people to really uh like i fucking hated him <laughs> um like 2015 zach uh just i was getting presented with some of his stuff just challenging everything that i thought i knew uh but derek is without a doubt one of the people that i admire and look up to the most and i think is just not only a hilarious presenter but he keeps it real and so pragmatic and so practical for like what is like there's so much noise like what are really what are really the non-negotiable deliverables um just in rehab in general but obviously he has expertise in acl rehab so selfishly also super excited i know steph you can speak to you know you're very lucky having him kind of as a personal mentor with acl rehab but he's going to absolutely kill it on the sort of communication side of things with acl rehab yeah i think what I feel most grateful for for having developed a relationship with Derek is it wasn't just a matter of being able to ask him questions or bounce ideas off or like once in a while I'll be like, am I totally off on this? Like those those things are great and they're, they're super helpful. But I think the biggest thing, and this is probably true of most really quality mentors, is the questions Derek asks or the things that he says that make you think actually make you think about a bigger picture. And through learning from and speaking with Derek, I feel more and more, I go through these waves of like, I don't know anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything at all. ACL rehab is crazy and hard to like really feeling pretty confident with knowing which things at the very least should be where we should be focusing in a clinic type setting to make the biggest difference. And I feel like from a clinician point of view, when you're dealing with something unique like ACL rehab, that is a much longer road than a lot of others, not all, but some others. And there's, it's very uncommon for there not to be any hiccups or road bumps or setbacks. And it can feel, I guess, daunting sometimes, but the way that I feel like now I, the lens through which I look at it, even though there's a lot that I know I don't know still, is very much so attributed to Derek. And that's what I'm really grateful for. And also, again, we in general are lucky to have the presenters we do because Derek's a phenomenal presenter and speaker. So I'm pumped. Well, I we, I think we've all um, three said this at, at some point, but there's like a Derek uh, filter. Like if you're writing something or saying something or like, what would Derek say? <laughs> kind oh, yeah. of thing. And like, yep. <laughs> um, so I think that just speaks, I mean, that speaks to who we're talking about. Um, Derek, in the back when Zach, were you saying 2015? Yep. That was also around the time that he was kind of setting the tone um, in the forum and, and, and for me, to be honest, like, uh, he was another, I mentioned Eric Mara as kind of like transformative. Derek was another one of those people for me. Um, and, um, I'm, I'm super grateful for everything that he's done for the community and, uh, for myself personally. And, um, I'm excited for people to get to hear him. If they if they if they haven't you know and and that goes for all of our all of our speakers, um, but sometimes 
the people who yell the loudest on the internet aren't the ones that you would want to listen to. And then the ones that are just kind of like not doing that, but are also, they just do their thing because they're too busy doing being awesome, you know, and just cooking. Yeah. Just cooking. And I feel like sometimes Derek falls into that because he, we know where to find him, you know, but I don't know if, if everybody does. And so I'm really, really excited to give him that, to allow him to have that platform and people can, um, be exposed to him and, and when otherwise maybe they haven't been yet. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it. He is definitely one of our clinical pixies on our shoulder where we're like, oh, shit, what would Derek say if you heard that? Or if, or like, what's the rationale for that? So we joke around with Logic Court. He's one of the, he's one of the chief supremes that we sort of hold to that bar where you don't, you don't often meet it, but you strive for it. <laughs> Um, but it's, yeah, that's going to be super fun and also just full circle too. Cause he was such, obviously such an instrumental part of setting the tone with the clinical athlete community. And, uh, so super meaningful to have him, um, presenting at the summit and then last up, um, bringing it home, which I'm so, so, so excited about, um, apps. I mean, I'm bummed that we didn't meet her sooner. Um, and I also, um, apologize for the last name pronunciation. Maybe Steph, Steph can 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 step in and save me. You you want me to go for it? I'll Laura. I guess you know we Laura Opsital, our girl. Yeah, so Laura, um, she's out of Montana, and we sort of Bozeman. like yeah, we've sort of like inter like we've sort of known about her through mutual connections so i know like scott and eric have both taught at her clinic um i know that she's super about that life but again quinn you're talking about some of those people that aren't you know screaming on social media she's she's one of those people that is not but is such an incredible wealth of information um getting to connect with her um also just cool as shit like one of the (laughs) coolest most down-to-earth humble like just so passionate about elevating the standard of care. Um, and she's a true expert in ACL rehab on the exercise side of things. So I couldn't think of anyone better to absolutely bring down the house with the final presentation with the exercise considerations. I, she's going to knock it out of the park. So excited. Yeah. Laura's literally, she has built what would probably be my dream clinic (laughs) in a, in a utopian world, if I could do that. And, um, holds such a high standard for particularly preparing people as best as we can possibly prepare them for return to sport. She has, you know, and not that it requires a ton of fancy stuff because she will be the first to say that too, but she has the dynamometer. She has force plates. She has, she literally leaves no stone unturned, as far as considerations for returning people to sports. She works also with some difficult sports in general. Like there's a lot of high level skiers near her and they have some specific considerations. So in general, I mean, wealth of knowledge would really be an understatement, but um, especially when it comes to ACL rehab and returning to sport. But again, also just (laughs) a phenomenal freaking human. And, you know, we've met her fairly recently, but one of those where, you talk to her and you feel like you've known her forever. So I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with all that. And I, she's of, of all of our presenters, same with you guys. I've known her the, the least amount of time, but I'm just 
Like just anything I can soak up from Laura, I, I do. Uh, lucky enough to, to uh, be introduced to her through the, the sports academy. And um, she's just so real. Like, yeah, you're like, she has an awesome clinic. Um, but I've gotten a chat with her about like how long those things take and how many mistakes you make along the way. She, she's just super open and transparent about everything. And it, and it like, it's really nice to talk to somebody like that who has, who's still doing it and, um, and is still learning, you know, on the fly, even though like she obviously just like is crushing it and is the type of clinician, like we all aspire to be, um, but is also just super down to earth and uh, could not be more more excited to have her involved in this. Yeah, so, I mean, those are, again, like, it's... The content is just one piece of what makes this weekend so incredible, but I can promise you that you will leave this weekend a better clinician for having listened to these six presenters. Again, not just the technical knowledge that you might acquire, but like Steph said, the questions asked, the critical thinking prompts that they're going to provide... I promise you is going to have a really, really uh, profound impact on the way that you go about your clinical reasoning and your clinical practice. Again, bridging home these big picture concepts of not just excellence with exercise, but the communication, psychosocial aspects, all through a BPS lens, um, weaving in all that good stuff. Yeah, the content's going to be sick. So that's awesome. Should we pivot and... uh, speak a little bit briefly about the incredible sponsors that we have partnered with that are helping support this this year? Yeah, I think so. Cause we, we did a little bit, we took a little slightly different, um, turn on, on those as well this year. Ooh, I did forget one thing. So Saturday night we left out Saturday night, we do a mm-hmm. virtual happy hour oh, yeah. and that was really fun. Hopefully if you're lucky enough, you get in a room with Jake, uh, Yogurt, Chobani, God, Manly, uh, ripping off. Serenading you. Serenading you with his keyboard. Maybe there will be dueling (laughs) pianos this year with Quinn. Rumor has it. Um, But yeah, so Saturday night, all these things are no pressure to attend, but it was really fun. I think we had a really good group of people that showed up, and we just bop around rooms. We provide little uh, prompts to get people speaking and and meeting. So if you're wanting more of that networking, we do have that happy hour on Saturday night um, because Saturday and Sunday run from 11 to 4. um, And so the happy hour is not until like 7 or 8. But that was really fun last year, and I think we have some giveaways too. But yeah, so our sponsors... Um, we did go a little bit of a different route this year, partly because some of the people we had last year were all awesome, but also like clinic owners and given the current environment, it just, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a rough year, but you know, we're really excited about this year's sponsors because we wanted to be more intentional also about kind of like the different categories that we'd be partnering with so that we'd really be able to highlight some incredible, incredible platforms that we really believe in, um, to our audience, and that was sort of what get, that's what guided us, right? So, you know, I guess we could talk first about, you know, Calu, like we provide education and mentorship, but we're not the only ones that do that. And we want to shine the light on other educators that are doing a phenomenal job. And so we kind of broke it up into more of an ortho ish sort of realm and then a like hyper sport specific realm. Um, and so, we, you know, again, Eric Miera is one of those people that we had kind of down as a sponsor, also potentially as a keynote. Um, so 
the science PT, Eric has, I mean, you could literally just go read his blogs. His blogs are a course. Like you could go read all of his blogs, which are free and they're incredible, but he has some incredible courses. Um, and I know he's working on some new stuff as well, but so worth it. So worth it. And so that's why we're really excited to partner with him and be able to, um, show that to everyone. And again, all the great thing about all of these sponsors that we're going to have some nice little, um, you know, discount codes for our audience if they do want to take advantage of it to show appreciation for it. But yeah, Eric, super excited about having Eric involved on the sponsor side of things. Anything we can do to get him involved. Any and yes. all. Yeah. <laughs> and any and all. Um, it was it was a no brainer. Yeah. And then and then the other side of that is, you know, uh as many as many of you know, rehab to perform um the extremely prolific group out of Maryland uh, under Josh Funk, the R2P Academy has been a really cool thing that they've created. Steph and I attended their Blueprints course live, um, but they do online mentorship as well, which is like extremely, extremely well done with a sports, like a, Oh, I mean, they literally have a sports residency that they run out of their clinic, and a lot of their content is modeled after that. But some of the most thorough, thoughtful, again, leading with critical thinking and humility. We had Jared present um, last year. He's been one of the OGs um, within Level Up. A lot of them have mentored for Level Up. And so we really believe in what they're doing. And so we're excited to highlight them and what they're doing and and get that out to people that it's most appropriate for, right? Because everyone has different interests. So it's going to be appropriate for some people to follow through with some of the different live and virtual educational options that they have. Yeah, they they've been involved with um, with the community and clinical athlete for a number of years now, and I've I've had the privilege to to be able to communicate with with Josh off and on, and their their team is just really really awesome. I'm always always come come away. They do like they'll do their free uh, like maybe free webinars or something. Every time that I'm able to experience um, something to do with R2P, I come away with just a lot, um, just from a personal personal development standpoint, I'm just always always so impressed and, and grateful for everything that they do. So, um, also grateful that they are a part of this with us. Yeah, as a team, it's pretty damn impressive that they all have such deep knowledge on a lot of sports related things. But all of them, like collectively, everyone is humble and also literally the first to say if they're not sure or they don't know and how they can ask more questions. And so in general, both from the critical thinking and just literally the seemingly insatiable drive to try to like know the ins and outs of everything is, you know, it's impressive. It is. It is. So yeah, super pumped about that. Um, so that brings us to our next one. So this is a new one for us. Um, and Quinn, you can really take the, take the reins with this one, but we were thinking about like equipment. We're thinking about equipment that would be meaningful for our clinics out there for all of our, cause we don't have just PTs, but for Kairos, MSK providers and coaches that come to this. 
um, we felt like what if there's a meaningful piece of equipment or company around that that we believe in that would really bring value to our community. And I think we kind of like all had a similar idea um, and so excited to bring it to life. So Quinn, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we're going to bring on the uh, the eccentric crew. And if you're not familiar, you probably are. If you just got shown like a video or something, you'll be like, oh, them. Uh, but eccentric is, they kind of got on the map um, with their, their equipment, specifically the flywheel, flywheel training, which is not something that they made up, but it's something that they, they made much more... Um, uh, just kind of increase the quality of the product and, and maybe it made it available to gyms and uh, ulti- you know starting to be more from a clinical standpoint but i met I met them uh, Fred Reek and andreas the I met them at CSM in two thousand eighteen and uh, they had the flywheel at the booth and I tried it and i I loved it and uh I have a flywheel in my clinic now for the past three years, um, but it's 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 not just that piece of equipment. They they are innovative. Um, they care about their product. They have lots of different products. You know these these products are just other ways to load. But they they are a team that's super interested in doing the best that they can um, for their customers, and they take the feedback um, from. Any and all, you know, and, and they, they look to improve the products that they have and, and make them relevant for us, you know. So it's always like for a clinician, especially, you, you can only get so many shiny toys that you're actually going to use. And, and so this is, this is one of those companies that actually cares about making their products applicable and also attainable for a clinician and then will help to teach us how to actually make it useful in the clinic. Um, and so it, I was super excited when we thought of this idea and, and having them, them involved, um, getting them more in front of the clinicians, a kind of a, more of a clinical focus. Cause I think the, the performance and the kind of university sports setting they're in pretty good with, but from a clinical standpoint, their products, they have a small footprint. They're just, they're actually really, really clinically relevant um, when yeah. you can't just make your little bitty clinic out into a, a freaking like gym with a big ass squat rack and <laughs> like three platforms, like okay, what can I, what can I get that's going to give me the most bang for buck with the smallest footprint possible and as a versatile um, piece of thing? And they, they have stuff like that, and um, and they're also awesome. So I'm I'm really excited to have them involved. Yeah, I mean, they do, like, we are new to, I mean, obviously, we've known about uh, Eccentric for some time now, but it's been on our wish list to get a K-Box for the past year, and we finally just got them at our clinics, and it's been a game changer. It's so fun. We use them daily with our patients. and. But but more so, like it really does solve a problem that is super pervasive in our industry, which is... A, like two problems really. A, underloading the crap out of our patients. Um, and B, not having the space to, like you said, build out a comprehensive barbell gym where you're getting all the things you need. This is literally one piece of equipment that you need, and you can ensure that you are loading your patients, um, you know, in a way that's going to be meaningful. 
And so we'll have more information coming out about like how exactly you can utilize it a little bit more about the science behind it. But like even for us, like Steph, I'd say one of the biggest ways that we use it and we can thank uh, the soleus God, Mike Amato for this. But when you look at um, like calf and Achilles rehab, this is just one example where it's extremely relevant. We understand how much load is supposed to be going through the calf complex, and it's very rare that you're able to simu- um, like simulate that with even just like holding weight with body weight. Like we're very rarely actually loading the calf complex sufficiently to try and meet the demands. Um, but the K box is one of those ways that it gives us the best the best shot at getting closer to that um, with the flywheel well, we can technology. Measure it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can, can measure it with the app. It's right. It's super. But just in yeah. terms of like, that's just one example of how it's super clinically relevant is it, it allows us, it affords us the opportunity to really drive more meaningful load through the calf complex than we would be able to do with just doing like a single legs uh, standing calf raise at wall or bent knee calf raise at wall. Like there's a, there's a pretty low ceiling there. So that it's been, it's been super fun. So yeah, I'm really excited to have them because I think there's probably a lot of clinicians out there and people out there that have been eyeing it for a while um, that haven't necessarily pulled the trigger. And so that's the other thing that we're so excited about is being able to not only like show these different companies to you, but obviously hook our community up with um, some value from it too. So if you have been eyeing a K box or any of their equipment, you are definitely going to want to keep your eyes peeled for some of the awesome offers that they're going to have for our community um, for being a part and believing in our mission. So really excited about that. So last up, Last up, we got um, the good old Honey Badger project. So it's one of those things where um, whether we like it or not, business education and business knowledge is extremely important. I mean, we're a community of people that are so passionate and like deep in the weeds on the clinical side of things that we often forget or don't have any real training in business knowledge. Um, but it's been pretty incredible because the founders, Frank and Cedric, they've been a part of Level Up from the jump. I connected with them through Clinical Athlete, um, seeing Frank's clinics that he was building out back in 2015. And so not only are they people that have an insane business background, but they're also psychotically driven to make a positive impact in the healthcare landscape. And that's what always really allowed me to resonate with them was I was always very turned off by a lot of the businessy coaches in our industry because I just felt like it was like very money forward, which again, like time and place, we all have to keep our lights on. We all want to make money, understand that. But I felt like it was at the expense of clinical excellence and commitment to clinical excellence and really having a transformative effect on healthcare. And that's why we're so damn proud to really partner with Honey Badger because I really believe in what they're doing. Um, and they're too, I mean, just extremely knowledgeable, extremely well run, but truly mission driven and, and aligning with this. I mean, Frank will be the first one to tell you that he's been through his own, you know, 10 years out of school existential crisis and trans transitioning through an updated knowledge lens. So, I mean, he's wading through all the shit alongside us. So it's just, you know, that's super relatable, relatable for me. And, um, I'm just really proud to have them involved. Yeah, I was you you said it that they are truly vision driven and I think in business that can get people can claim that they are but 
with Frank Cedric and the Honey Badger Project, you actually can't be a part of it and or can't be successful with what they're doing if you aren't mission-driven first. Like, it is not. It's one of the sort of founding principles there is it isn't money first. Like, the object, obviously, is to get to that point if you can, but, like, it is to make an impact. It is to fulfill a mission to improve people's lives and those who are particularly not necessarily getting what they need from the traditional healthcare system. So I think that was one of the, the standouts for me was that you actually can't, you know, you, you're not going to fit here if you aren't, if you are just looking for money. And so that's where I, I, that what resonated most with me. And with the people who are going to be at the summit, not all of them, you know. There's a lot of a lot of clinicians are are happy in their their current circumstance, but a lot of clinicians are also thinking about, you know, I wonder if I could start start a thing. You know, I really enjoy working with this population. I really enjoy doing this or that. But to what you said, Zach, we don't really know where to start. We don't get that type of training in school, and and not you know that's not we don't they don't claim to be able to train us, and they actually um, at least for myself in physical therapy school was told not to go into business for yourself for an undisclosed amount of time (laughs) indefinitely, you know, just five years or just work, you know, work for the man, which is fine. Um, But when, and if you decide to, to take that leap, it's, it can be very overwhelming and scary and daunting. And um, we have a lot of threads. I mean, in the clinical athlete forum, there's like an entire section that's dedicated to, to dis people asking questions about business because it's a thing. Um, and gosh, Frank and Cedric, um, to just having, having met Frank, Frank was in my clinic in 2015, um, building what they were doing on the East coast, their brick and mortar. Um, and he was with Cedric at the time. And so I've had the opportunity to, to know, uh, them, you know, for five or six years. And I'm super grateful that they're involved with us and that I get to meet with, with Cedric on a weekly basis. And I just sit and listen to him kind of talk through like business stuff for us. And it's like, I feel like it's just like free training for me every time right. I hear them speak. Um, and Frank is somebody that'll just push you past your comfort zone. Um, Cause we all have like, especially the uh, us three have these kind of like beliefs about business and like, we would just give it all away if we had the choice. Um, and, and Frank will push you into that, that uncomfy zone to say, hey, let's make it both awesome and sustainable for you. Right. Um, so I couldn't think of a better, in that, in that domain, couldn't think of a, a better entity and, and better people to partner with. Yeah, and and Steph could tell you too. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fly on the wall because she's obviously going through it with what she's building with ACL Resolve. But um the community of people, there's a ton of people from the Kalu community that are involved just to tell you the caliber of people that are getting involved. So just the community aspect of what they're doing is dope, but the actual, like their actual experience, like is so, so comprehensive and smooth. It's actually pretty mind blowing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to continue to get them in front of our audience. Um, I think it's uh, a really valuable group to have, um, kind of, you know, involved with what we're doing, an incredible resource to help us accomplish our greater mission of making an impact. So yeah, I think that, uh, that 
that wraps up speakers and sponsors, correct? I think so. Now it's just a matter of uh, awesomeness. Doing it. It's, do it, yeah. So uh, hopefully, uh, listening in, hopefully your mind was already made up that you were going, but hopefully this shifted it just a little bit. We, I mean, uh, you know, for us, we pour our heart and soul into creating a community that's able to provide such incredible um, learning opportunities for everyone throughout the year. Um, and, you know, for us, this is something we pour a ton of energy into making it a super special event. So it's only once a year. And again, it's not like just a little passive didactic get lectured at over the weekend. Like this is a fun, engaging, inspiring, uh, informative weekend. And the feedback we got last year was nuts. Um, so I have no doubts that this year's is going to be insane. It's going to be super fun. We try to keep it reasonable so that everyone is it's accessible and affordable. And um, we're just so excited to have everyone there. So uh, again, like not just the not just the learning, but the networking, the community vibes, the energy that you're going to get from the weekends. I have zero doubts that you will leave feeling extremely happy that you had attended. So um, I really hope that we'll get to see you there. Yeah, just straight up. It's going to be the best con ed that you've ever been to. So let's just not, <laughs> let's not pull punches. It's going to be, it's going to be fucking unreal. Everyone um, else is going, everyone's doing it. You should do it. <laughs> exactly. Well, and yeah, so hopefully, so by the time you listen to this podcast, um, it'll be later in the first week that we launch sales. So um, hopefully, well, yeah, we're <laughs> joking about this. Hopefully by Friday, you know, we're going to have our best rate available through the first week. So if you're able to still grab that, do it. Um, hopefully we'll already be through it at this point. Um, but either way, we have student rates, we have payment plans, like we're, we're here to help support you all. So if you're curious or you have any questions about this, please, please, please reach out. We're more than happy to discuss with any of you. And, um, yeah, we will see you in September specifically, don't want to mess up the date specifically (laughs) Friday, September 10th till, um, Sunday, September 12th, all of the sessions are recorded. So if you, you, there's not an expectation that you have to be there for every single one. Um, they will all be recorded and you will have replays um, for at least two months following the event. Um, but we really hope to see you there. So um, that's, I think that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. If you can be there, that is a different experience. If you can't be there for one or all of the sessions, obviously if you can get the recordings, that's better than not having any of the experience. But if you can be there, it's not a, Oh, I can just watch the recordings later. Get be there. Um, yeah. Not only for the it fact hurt. that we just put off watching recordings and then you never actually get around to it, but like the experience is is special. Go, sorry, Steph. No, my bad. I was just going to say, if for nothing else, for the chat because the chat <laughs> yeah. is probably half the experience in and of itself. Um, for those of you who who don't necessarily want to engage, you can just hide it and watch. But you know, there is actually good conversations. Uh, intellectual conversations in the chat, but there's also a good amount of, um, uh, how should I put it, shenanigans as well that adds yeah. to the community feel and and the fun too, as if it's, you were there. Yeah, it's just fun. And last thing we forgot to mention, so one of the uh, one of the tweaks that we are doing this year as well is for students that want to attend, besides for having the student rate, 
We understand that students sometimes can feel uncomfortable, especially being at tables with maybe more experienced clinicians. So we're actually also going to have a floor on Remo that's specifically just for students. So that way, when you're interacting in groups, it's just going to be with other students. If that is more comfortable for you, we will have that option available. Yeah. 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 It's not required, but for those who feel more comfortable and doing that, speaking with other students versus intermingling, um, you have that option, which you also can, if you feel comfortable, stay on the other floors with whoever, everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're like, what the hell is Remo? Cause you weren't there last year. It's our sick online conference <laughs> platform. You'll see when you're there this year. Yeah, it ain't Zoom. Yeah, it actually is pretty dope. It's super cool, super seamless, and um, it's very refreshing to not be on Zoom for another weekend. So you'll hear and see more about that soon. Yeah. So in the show notes, we have the event PDF. Um, so that literally is thorough explanation of the whole weekend breakdown, um, and we also have the website. So please go learn more information and again, see you there. Actually going to wrap it up now. I feel like the wrap it up box is coming out from Chappelle show right now to cue us off. But um, it's been real. I need to get like a soundboard so I can do, we can do like sound effects throughout the show. I could start playing like whatever they play. The orchestra. Jeopardy music. Yeah. Yeah. The the orchestra. Yeah. 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 Orchestra at the, at the, at the Grammys to, to wrap it up. Yeah. That is Dave Chappelle invented the wrap it up box. It's specifically for that. Um, but yeah, no, good stuff. I shout out Quinn, Steph. It's, uh, it's super fun getting to work on all of this stuff with you guys too. Uh, just very enjoyable. So it's going to be really, um, fulfilling to see this come to fruition again. And, uh, yeah. Heck yeah. Let's go. Super excited to see everybody there. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with myself, Steph Allen, and Zach Kabor. As always, thank you, the clinical athlete community, all six of you, for joining us on this journey of knowledge and improved practice in both the gym and clinic. And one more time, go to the link in the show notes, get your ticket for the 2021 Virtual Kalu Summit. It is going to be a blast. Thanks, everyone, and talk to you soon.